0: The sky is falling. The Sixers have once again fallen to the Boston Celtics after an absolute drubbing of the Los Angeles Lakers. Aaron Nola is here to stay for the next four years, maybe five. Uh, Nick Foles, we've got to talk about him and what the Joe Flacco trade means. And, of course, some updates on the stadium series game between the Flyers and Penguins. Welcome into Crossing Broadcast. I'm Russ Joy. You can find me on Twitter at JoyOnBroad. And I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, uh, broadcasting from the heart of Town. And that's one Kevin Kincaid. Find him on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Kevin,
1: hi. Hey, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the on the podcast with you, Russ. Is it? It's a pleasure. Is it a joy? Hey, hey
0: now. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get All into right. a, a couple things to lead off. I think the the biggest news of the day uh, is definitely the Aranola extension. And you know, I I think we're going to defer a little bit of the real specifics of this over to crossed up. I think Anthony and Bob are going to be recording an episode pretty soon. They put one out, um, in the aftermath of the JT real Mudo, um, acquisition. And, uh, I did the write up on the, um, the press conference that real Mudo had, there was really not a lot in that except that he's wearing number 10. He couldn't name any of the players who had previously worn number 10. There were some Phillies fans that were upset mm. that it was Dutch's number and they didn't like the fact that he went and uh, took it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and, you know,
1: it kind of is what it is. Um, and numbers he, are such a. I don't get the numbers thing. No, I don't either. Are you a numbers guy? Like, this number belonged to this dude, or no. this means something? Yeah, me neither.
0: No, and, 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 and you know, if you remember the whole Bryce Harper thing, right? Like, he, he wears 34, and there was the thought that the, the Phillies weren't going to retire the number 34 for Roy Halliday. Oh, yes, because right, right, right. Because for Bryce Harper, 34 is part of his brand. So, you know, I get if you're a player, like, you know, you think of Cristiano Ronaldo, right? He's CR7. I can't imagine him wearing a different number. It it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, in in those cases, I get the number thing. Um, But, you know, you you look at this and uh, Aaron Nola, you know, manages to come to an agreement with the Phillies. They were going to go to arbitration. And, uh, you know, Nola's locked in here for the next four years. There's a club option. Uh, for a fifth season and really if you look at the the annual value of each year um, it starts on the lower end and you know if for some reason things weren't to uh, to go as well as the Phillies would hope you know you're going to pay the guy probably market value for the last couple of years so he gets a two million dollar signing bonus he makes four million dollars this season eight million dollars in 2020 11.75 in 2021 15 million in 2022 and then there's a club option for 16 million in 2023 or they can buy him out uh for 4.25 million so it's not bad it covers the uh, two years of free agency for nola um at the end if uh, the phillies decide to exercise the option helps them avoid arbitration so they're taking care of of you know the ace of their staff and a guy that you know many think was a Cy Young candidate and could be going forward in the future. So it's it's a good signing for the Phillies. Now you
1: can focus on Bryce Harper. Who? Manny Who? Machado. Who? Who? How do you think if uh, if uh Brett Brown was the to say Aaron Nola, do you think he would say N- Noler? He was a Noler, absolutely. Aaron Noler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been working on a Brett Brown impression. I'm not, I'm not ready to roll it out yet. I've okay. got the Embiid. I think the Embiid is good. Um, I, I don't want to go
1: work on it before rolling it out yeah, th- because it this one's hard work. there's
0: there's a lot of nuance to what Brett Brown does yeah, yeah, usually yeah, I, right. I I don't mind jumping in and, and trying it, but uh with Brett Brown, I really have to get that Australian down and i
1: I don't know if um Brett would do it, but you know like if he was on like Jimmy Fallon or or Jimmy Kimmel or something like that if they sat down and did a little skit where they gave him a bunch of words that end in the letter a and just asked him to say those. Like, I think we should get him on year. this show. Aaron I, I, I think
0: I think we should get Brett Brown on Crossing Broadcast, and we can sit down and, and do the exact same thing. I think it'd be great. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I'll work on that. Yeah. Let's uh, um, try let's, let's it. make it you happen. guys land landing all these exclusives with the uh with the flyers, and I'm not even trying shit. Although every time you guys do it, the person gets whacked. So yeah, it's true. Well, speaking of, you're like on the Soprano. Uh, <laughs> the, you and you and Anthony are like Tony Soprano. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: well, speaking of that, um on Friday we're going to be sitting down. Uh, we're going down to Voorhees. We're going to be uh, interviewing Scott Gordon, the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. And uh, if the snow, the goalie curse uh, continues, he'll either get waived, traded or fired. I think he's good for the rest of the year, so uh, he is the interim coach after all. So you know, it's not like he's uh, signed to a long extension yeah. or anything yet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it'll be good though. We're looking forward to that. We um, we had him on the the live show panel um, back in uh, what was it two weeks ago at Xfinity Live, and he was he was a lot of fun then, but. We always like sitting down with uh, coaches, players, GMs, whoever, and and talking obviously about hockey, but a lot of non hockey stuff as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we dropped an episode. What was it Monday night? I guess we dropped right. a new episode of Snow the Goalies. So that's right. A lot of lot of of uh, Crossing Broad Podcast Network stuff going. Yeah, out. all How these about people,
1: that? all these people who said shit about uh, the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. They can't really say shit anymore, can they? They can't.
0: And what was it, episode 70 of It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia? Oh, God, I know. With Kevin Kincaid dropped? What? I know, I know. 70 episodes. Come on now.
1: We're just rocking and rolling in 2019,
0: man. This guy's not even on the beat anymore, and he's (laughs) uh, he's just out here crushing it every day. Oh, man. Crushing it, bro.
1: Uh, so the Nola thing is basically just like they take care, they avoid arbitration. But the the key part of it is that it gets it goes into the free agency years. Is that is that what yeah, the deal so, is? Yeah. So okay. yeah. So the uh, the fourth I'm, I'm year. I'm so the... crossed up between like trying to trying to make sense of four different sports and all the financial stuff. You know, now like, it just total... goes in one ear and out the other. You know,
0: he could have been um, a free agent at the end of the 2021 season, um, but this you know obviously gives them the opportunity now. 2022 would have been his first free agency or his first free agent year. So that's mm-hmm. 15 million. So that's going to be below market value if he's even a remotely decent pitcher at that point. Oh, okay. And then 2023 if they opt into the club option, then that takes his second year of free agency, but it gets you away from having to deal with arbitration the next couple of years. So it's good. Right.
1: See do you see do you appreciate me being honest right there and saying that I don't really know what the hell the, the contract is all about i could just bullshit my nice. way through it and say like yeah well i think it's a great deal and blah 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 but like i don't i'm not the baseball guy you you and and bob and anthony have the baseball stuff so i think oh, it I shows touch. i, I think, try not to touch the baseball stuff yeah i think it shows a lot of maturity uh and humility <laughs> on my part to give defer. me yourself.
0: Hey, don't pull a muscle. Patting yourself <laughs> on the back, fella. All right, you're gonna it's need a those lot of maturity in few... you... and
1: humility on my part. What are you? Defer? Two months away from holding a baby. You better not pull any muscles yet. yeah. Yeah, I got dirt. practice holding my nieces the other day, and then uh, how was that? Three hours after that, I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna have one of these on my on my own coming up soon." So uh, it was a lot. Of sh- it was a lot to think about, man. So you're about to enter a, a really fun phase, though, because the infancy stage. This is the beautiful thing if you're a dad. Mm-hmm.
0: The baby doesn't do anything for about two months. Sleeps it sleeps ba- it poops, baby, baby sleeps and, it and poops. You yeah. change some diapers to make yeah. your wife happy. And ultimately you don't feed it because if you try to feed that baby, it's just gonna get a lot of disappointment. Yeah.
1: So I mean things are good. Sleeping um, and eating and shitting. I think that that was kinda like like a weekend during my freshman year in Morgantown, <laughs> you know. Are you uh have
0: you guys had the conversation about the crib or the uh the pack and play in your bedroom versus uh putting baby straight into a nursery right away?
1: Uh uh, I think so. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I can't remember okay. what the solution was, but who would you rather be? Would you rather be me uh right now uh awaiting this child and not really knowing what I'm doing or would you rather be or would you rather subject yourself to Sixers Twitter after a bad loss? Oh, I'd I'd much rather be be you in that situation. <laughs> you would you would rather be Listen, the wrath the child of- and <laughs> not know what to do versus versus tangling with like the Listen, the the wrath of Sixers Twitter. Uh, it was pretty yeah. bad wasn't it
0: it is and and it was funny because when you look at the um, you know the, the Sixers had such a great win over the Lakers and and obviously the Lakers are not a they're not a great team well the Denver uh, what the Denver win was
1: the you know was it was yeah. really nice yeah, yeah for
0: sure um, even without uh, uh, Gary, Gary Harris Harrison, wasn't playing Mills, yeah. Millsap, yeah Yep. so they were they were down two starters and you thought yeah. all right well you know it, it's a good win to have for sure uh, against they were what first in the conference I think at that point maybe second they, they had fallen a second
1: but they've been but, in but they, first they've had first a great season yeah.
0: and you know missing two starters but you know that you know you haven't had a lot of time to integrate new players or whatever and and so you felt good and then the lakers game was just an absolute stomping right uh the the mind games that dell demps played from new orleans leading up to the trade deadline um one of my favorite nba conspiracy theories that's going on right now is it wasn't just dell demps that was leaking the uh the proposed packages coming from LA that Danny Ainge had also done it to try to throw the Lakers into a tailspin as well Mm -hmm. which was delightful to say the least um you look at this Lakers team they've got young guys like Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball saying why are you looking to get rid of me Brandon Ingram who looks like an absolute joke uh everybody's (laughs) if you remember when Brandon Ingram got drafted second there was still a, a pretty big uh camp that thought that he should have been the number one pick in the draft yeah. and everybody said oh well he's kevin durant well, just because he's super long and skinny and has the ability to shoot doesn't make him kevin durant you're starting to see that now where he's just been wildly inconsistent but all these yeah, guys i'm long they're, and skinny too and i'm yeah, you know, yeah. there you go i
1: mean uh, i like the term lean
0: actually. lean is lean is a much nicer yeah. way it's not
1: like fat shaming
0: right it's yeah, like well, the, gained, the opposite
1: i gained five pounds in the last two weeks so wow no, no longer yeah look at you Oh, no. What does that take you to? Like 105? Well done! Uh, Proud yeah. of you. No one. Uh, I hit 172 on the scale because uh, I'm not playing. I haven't played soccer in four months. I've been lifting weights and started playing a basketball again. Proud of you. Yeah, Ross. Wow. I, I school My line the other night was uh, two points on one for two shooting. Whew. I had nine rebounds. Uh, I think I had two blocks. And what? What, uh, what position were you playing? I was playing power forward. I was playing like a like a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the
0: 172 pound power it's six forward. foot
1: one six foot uh, oh, six, six foot, foot one, one out of west virginia university
0: by way of boyertown pennsylvania and uh, now living in the hipster capital of philadelphia <laughs> fish town number like what you what, what number would you like a been? mix
1: between matt cord uh vin scully and and, uh, like the, Meryl, and uh, dan, Meryl dan Meryl baker all yeah, oh, yeah.
0: oh, oh, six foot one <laughs> Bradford white water heaters
1: uh what number would you play as what number would i play as yeah uh i they gave me four but i usually number take four heaven <laughs> underscore
0: kincaid <laughs> i'll tell you Merrill, i saw this man out on the court he's got a great drop step can't finish but it's a great drop set. Thank I really you, Mike. Played,
1: I really played a lot from like age like seventeen to age twenty-four. I played at the rec center at West Virginia like like two or three times a week. And uh I don't really shoot the ball at all. I just my game one guy said, Your game kind of reminds me of like Rodman meets Kirilenko.
0: A <laughs> K forty seven baby. Yeah, I was like okay, Former that's Sixer.
1: Cool. Yeah, Rodman grabs some boy hit the boards. Kirilenko would just be long Go home. on the floor. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Go home and just sit and collect money. <laughs> <Go> uh, <out.
0: laughs> can I tell you my most embo- embarrassing uh, basketball story? When but, I was little, I played. Uh, I played some youth league ball.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, my my all time best game, I scored four points on two shots. I was I was wow. perfect on that day. One was an elbow jumper. Really fantastic efficiency. Second one was a baseline J on the right side. Nothing but net. And because I was so cool playing on the uh, second string team. I, uh, I broke out the Hardy Boys celebration going down the court, the hand gesture. and Oh, yeah. We always have
1: a wrestling reference on this podcast now. You notice that?
0: There was a, there's always somebody, whenever I main, I mention uh, wrestling on this show, yeah. says, like, DMs me. and is like, you know, if you ever wanted to start up a wrestling podcast, like, I'm yeah. down. I'm like, you, you know, do what, a, what do we, we call it? Get, Crossing um, the
1: ropes? Yeah, we could get What's-Her-Face on it. Who's the popular chick now? Oh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. We could get her on the show got a nice irish accent she's let's get her in she's the one with the red hair right she's the man the other that's, one her, is the, that's her that's her stick she's the one man is charlotte is she that her charlotte rival? flair charlotte flair daughter of rick, rick oh is she really it's his, yeah it's yeah. it's his daughter there you go yeah, so true. yeah i played power Woo! forward 6 foot 1 170 i grabbed a bunch of rebounds I, I played like a kenneth fareed kind of game the other night wow the manimal just running up <laughs> and down the court <laughs> 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 uh, playing some tough defense grabbing some boards that's I was water exiled water to uh Kenny uh Kenny Atkins's uh bench. Um you know, and then I got off the bench and I was claimed by the Rockets.
0: So you know who didn't play a tough game and get rebounds last night? Do you know who? Yeah. Hi. Tob- how about how about Tobias Harris? How about, about hat are you starting with that? You start with Tobias Harris? No, I'm not. No. You know, I I woke up this morning and he does uh, have I, I fell asleep.
1: When you when you look at his game logs, man, he does have some like off. Like when he's off, he's off. Yeah, you know, I think there's more vari- I think there's more up and down when you look through his logs versus other guys. You know, no, the I agree. Mean, the I... mean or the median, what the hell is it? whatever term you know that's a little more. There's more variance. Yeah,
0: um, when when I woke up this morning, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. I woke up. I saw that they lost. And there was a, a certain person from a certain radio station, who I'm not going to mention because I, I'm just kind of fed up with, with naming people and then they get all upset and send angry emails. So I'm just going to I'm gonna leave it at that. But mm-hmm. um, there was somebody from one of the stations who um, was really upset with Tobias Harris and said that he played no better than Robert Covington did and it was a waste of a trade and blah, blah, blah. If, if you're not going to be any better, why did you trade yeah. Landry Shamit Like that kind of crap. And I, I don't have time for it. I really don't. And... You know, and it's not it might not be the person you think this isn't like the person who's typically like pro process and like the hell with, with the actual thing. Like, about, yeah, so this was somebody else. And and it just frustrated me because it's like, look, the the team has been together, what, three games now since they've gone through the whole revitalization, uh, since they've gone through the upheaval. Yeah. And and, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, you've got to be honest, it's going to take time. And, like, sure, is it frustrating to lose to the Celtics? Yeah, like, I wouldn't want to see that. I said in Slack yesterday that if you don't blow out that team without Kyrie Irving, you know, there are still going to be questions about what you're doing and and how effective of a coach Brett Brown is and how effective the trades were. You know, and and that totally glosses over the fact that you beat the Nuggets. Granted, they were down two starters. And that you absolutely decimated the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, you, you lost by three points at home. It's frustrating. Tobias Harris looked a little bit out of sorts. The team is still taking time to mesh. I still don't think right now... My biggest concern is not Tobias Harris. I think he fits into this offense well. I think you saw it immediately in, the, in the, um, the first game that he played. He just looked like he belonged in the offense. He wasn't trying to force anything. Last night looked like a lot of forcing. And I still come back around to Jimmy Butler and his fit with this team and now his fit with these new teammates. And I think he's still trying to get his, which he should be doing. But I, I think it has been a little bit frustrating to see him not take over at points in games where you need a, bu- a bucket, and for him to come up short, you know, with uh, um, going one for three with what was it, about a minute left from the from the free throw line, you know, that doesn't help.
1: Yeah, can I play uh, devil's advocate on the Harris thing? Please do. Um, I mean, of course, it's you gotta work these guys in, you had them for three days, but... Uh, that's why they went out and got him. That's why they they made this trade. Like that's why they made this move to be competitive with these teams. You know, they still can't beat Boston. You know yeah. all this other shit doesn't matter. Like they could go out and they're tipping off against the Knicks in five minutes. They could beat the Knicks by forty points tonight. It doesn't matter. Like because all that sticks in your craw from the twelve game thing is that they lost. But they still can't beat Boston. You know. So you know. Yeah, you got the win over the Warriors. You got the win over the Nuggets. You know. You had some good. You know, games in that stretch they were seven and four until mm-hmm. they hit Boston last night, and they could have been eight and four. It would have vanquished everything, you know. I mean, but th- but think about how much that game would have been a momentum swing either way. You know, a win it would have said, "We finally vanquished the boogeyman, the monkeys off our back." Blah blah blah. We finally beat Boston. We're going to the finals. You know, that would yep. have been the reaction. But instead, a loss. It's like, well, fire Brett Brown, and we're back to the whole other side of the spectrum. It's in- insane to me how you could how whatever result came out of that last night it would have been all the way to the one side it would have been like Bernie Sanders left to no, like no, 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 no. Sean Hannity right you know that's how wide the the gap was on the spectrum of, of yeah. responses to that so it's still like like i get it it's it's not you know, you need time for these guys to come in, but I saw the same. But but the problem, Russ, was that it was Embiid and Simmons were having the same problems that they always have. Yeah, you know, it's one thing for Harris to come in or Jimmy to still kind of feel his way into that Boston matchup, but you still see the same shit with Embiid and Ben. At least you were seeing, yeah, you know, the last couple of times with them. The yeah, Boston. I mean, Ben Ben getting bottled up did not help. Um, and he the, made his the, shots the, when he, when when he did he went seven he t- of nine in he the game took yeah, he just, yeah he just missed those two ugly jumpers and then he couldn't you know, he's, he was saying he couldn't really do anything in transition because they you know Boston makes seals him off they meet him at the foul line they bring the second defender over and they make him play half court. So, and by the way, like those two shots that he missed that weren't great those jumpers you can't crucify
0: him today for taking those shots and them being so ugly if you were were one of if you were were the first two if if you were one of the people who early in the season said he needs to shoot it doesn't matter if he makes it i've been one of those people i wasn't upset to see him airball the one the other was a clanker like that doesn't bother me he ultimately needs to continue to at least present that threat that's what's going to be able to throw off Boston in a, in a, in a postseason series. You have to give the, or you have to show the threat of there being a shot. So I don't care if he misses them. It's better for him to take them. But you know, I, I think it's easy to look at the box score and say there are a couple things that stand out and and maybe are concerning, right? Like you could just as easily say in a three-point game, if you make some more free throws, you end up winning that game by a considerable margin. You look at the Sixers, they shot 33 percent from deep to um, Boston's 45%, right? You can look at Joel Embiid and say, all right, he went nine for 22, which is terrible. He went—he shot eight threes in the game, which speaks to the fact that he wasn't able to uh, crack Al Horford uh, defensively. He goes two for eight from there, and Tobias Harris, who's been you know a 41% plus plus free th- or a three-point shooter all year, goes over six. Like you say, if a couple of those things go differently, you win this game by a considerable margin. I can devil's advocate myself, though, and say, well, on the flip side, you had Al Horford go 9 for 16, and Jason Tatum go 7 for 15. Mm-hmm. You know, you did have Marcus Morris go off for, um, what was it, 17 points, and it felt like you couldn't miss in the first quarter. There, there are things here, like Mar- Marcus Smart goes 3 for 14.
1: Yeah, you know not there, well.
0: there were guys who are big contributors to the Celtics who did not show up last night. And at the same time, your most important player, if you're the Sixers, didn't have a great game he had one of I would consider one of his worst games of the season you know he ultimately ends up with 23 points and 14 rebounds which looks great the ESPN uh, recap of the game had said I think that he put up a gaudy stat line that's that's typical Embiid it this is where you have to pull away from the numbers and you have to look at the flow of the offense and the fact that they were really thrown out of sorts and for whatever reason you know you can say that it's because they've only been together for three games yeah but but Brett Brown's system didn't look crisp last night, and against a uh, you know a, a dilapidated or hodgepodged Lakers squad or a disinterested Lakers squad, and against uh, a Denver Nugget squad that was missing two starters, that kind of stuff works with a team that has the familiarity that they have and, and the continuity that Boston had going into the season. It does not work, and it needs to get fixed.
1: They just, I mean, I don't know. I think my biggest three things I focused on on the recap were number one. The Embiid Horford matchup, like from a technique standpoint, number two, the transition thing with Ben, but like defensively, I don't know. Let me start with Embiid, I guess first. Horford, kind of, what he does is he he plays him really low. He he leverages himself really low, and he keeps his hands straight up. You know, at least until the very end there, where they got the where Embiid was looking for the foul call that he didn't get. Horford's usually really good at kind of inviting him in to like right where the paint starts, and then he'll sort of like just low like low leverage him right there, and not not let him move any further. And so he Joel gets in this kind of weird like no man's land where he's not really close enough to just power through for a layup, but he's still kind of like in a weird position where he's not going to turn around and hit that fade away or he's not going to jump hook around him. Um, he just like really angles him off really well. It's it's fascinating to watch. I can't see. I really can't see shit. Because the, the basket I sit like right behind the basket and so like most of that stuff like right in the paint is blocked. But in those cases I could see a lot of the, the footwork and the movement and the and the pickup points where where Horford was kind of kind of meeting him. And then on the defensive end, you know, they invite Joel up and, and Horford moves so well that they'll play high pick and roll and try to pull him out with that. You know, or just space and let Horford shoot the three-pointer. And it's just Joel just looks so uncomfortable on both sides of the floor when he plays against Horford. Um, I thought it was a game where you should have seen a little bit of Jonah Bolden because Boban is not Boban doesn't move half as good as Embiid. And if Joel's having trouble getting out the, to the perimeter and covering pick and rolls and sort of sagging there at the elbow, then that's not a Boban game. You know, like when you got guys like Tice and Horford and even Baines when he's in, who can hit three pointers for them. Um, there's going to be games, there's going to be matchups where they have to go smaller, you know, where, where Jonah Bolden's going to have to be the big off the bench and Boban's only going to, going to be able to be a situational kind of guy, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that was the first thing. But I, but I think, like, defensively, you saw in that in the fourth quarter, I don't know if you got to go back and watch it or if you looked at any of the highlights or whatever, but they were just seeking out JJ, like, on four straight plays. Yep. Um and what they can, what they do is that they just will go post Marcus Smart down on the low block on Reddick. They'll dump the ball into him, and then the Sixers just are double into help, and then you're in scramble mode. They're passing around the perimeter, and Jason Tatum's getting open looks. Brett uh, Ben Simmons defended Tatum really well. Um, yeah. I think he only shot three for nine against him in that game, but uh, most of the looks that he made were when they'd they'd be in scramble mode and kind of like running around with chickens with their head cut off. So I, I don't know. I mean, you could say they they you can pressure you could your ball pressure can be a lot better. You can deny that entry pass into into Marcus Smart. you know you can help by you can help redick by just putting more pressure on your man. you know what I mean? but um it just happens way too often. Then Boston all they do is just hunt mismatches <laughs> just yeah. over and over <laughs> like just, just they're they good, the same and they're smart. Thing all the time and, that, and again, know? that's
0: why the con that that's why you can't underestimate the importance of continuity from year over year, right and and with the sixers what you're seeing is a team that has been gutted twice within the season right like yeah. with Jimmy Butler he didn't get a full off season with uh, Tobias Harris and Boban and Mike Scott who thankfully once again was on loan from Dunder Mifflin mm-hmm. um it, you know those guys haven't had adequate time to get themselves involved in the you know in, in really learning the intricacies of the offense or the defensive schemes and like I said, against certain teams, it's going to work. Your your talent alone in this league is going to probably lead you to win 8 out of 10 games, right? But against a team like Boston that knows fundamentally where their, their teammates are going to be at any given time, it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's a certain synergy that exists with Boston. Uh, I would say with Milwaukee, with Toronto in a lot of ways— you know, obviously Toronto, they they traded away Demar Derozan. They got Kawhi, but they've had the entire season so far to kind of work him in. Danny Green's been big for them. Milwaukee's had a lot of the same role guys. Um, now, obviously they they added Miritich, so that's going to be its own thing. But mm-hmm. you know, the the Sixers, if you look at their starting roster uh, at, at the beginning of the season to now, I mean, the, the turnover has been drastic, right? Nobody coming into the season would have thought that Jonah Bolden or Furkan Korkmaz were going to be playing major minutes. You look at the box score last night, like Bolden doesn't play at all, which to me I think is is one of the more confusing aspects in in this entire thing. I know that you want to play Boban and I like Boban and I think against the right team he's, you know, he's a a heck of a matchup nightmare. Love watching him rebound the ball without jumping. Like that's fun. But ultimately like Jonah Bolden I thought was playing well before the trade. I don't like him not playing in that yeah. game against Boston because yeah. That's a guy who's got length. That's a guy who's at least
1: quasi-switchable at the four and five. And Maybe they just want to see what they they have in Bobon, you know? And I, I, mean, and I do get it that. Now. I, yeah, I. I, I I'm not saying that, I'm not know?
0: saying you don't play Bobon, but I'm saying like not playing Bolden doesn't make a lot of sense to me. True. I, yeah. TJ played 13 minutes last night. To me, I've liked what I've seen out of James Ennis so far not playing James yeah, Ennis didn't make a lot of sense. Have, yeah. I get I get that Brett had said before the game that he wanted to see what Jonathan Simmons was going to bring. He played 15 minutes, one two for two, one from one for from three. It's great. And and I I like seeing Jonathan Simmons. I think when he was playing for San Antonio, you saw flashes his first season with <laughs> Orlando, he yeah. looked really good. I think he should factor in as a uh, as a guy on this team who's part of the rotation. Mike Scott went in, didn't take a single shot but gave you good defense, gave you good length. I think those things are encouraging, but James Ennis not playing in the game doesn't make sense, especially when you've got Furkan Korkmaz playing 11 minutes and TJ McConnell playing 13. There used to be a time where TJ would come in and I felt like what he could do with a second unit was was valuable, and I'm not saying he's not yeah. valuable, yeah. but if you're Boston, he is so attackable, he's so easily attackable on that end of the court defensively that it, it is so blatantly obvious that... That Brad Stevens has game planned for going after him, going after JJ, yeah, and and in the case of Corkmas, like he's he's a decent enough player, and like he's he doesn't give you enough. Like I I don't think that Corkmas gives you enough offensively to make up for his defensive deficiencies. If it were me last night, I'm probably cutting both of those guys minutes in half, and I'm using that time to play James Ennis, who I think could play at either position. He's obviously not somebody that you would necessarily want to get at the point. Yeah, I don't but understand. somebody that can play as a Bolden, wing, yeah. I, I don't get yeah,
1: it. Yeah, Bolden and Ennis. I mean, if there was any criticism of Brett Brown last night, I mean, people love to say all kinds of shit about Brett Brown. Some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't, but those are probably the two biggest things, I would think. It's more of, like, his rotations and bodies and stuff like that, and he kind of you know, pushes those questions off to the side. Uh, Kyle Newbeck asked him something about that the other day, and he was like, you know, do I have your guys' permission to do this or blah, blah, blah. I forget what the answer was. It was kind of, like, sarcastic, a little sarcastic, and Brett's never liked that. Um, I think he's feeling the I pressure. Asked about, I asked him something similar after the Lakers game, and it was really an innocuous question. I just said, like, Brett, when you, if, beyond the starting five, it looked like you kind of had them split into two groups of five where you, you stacked – Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Boban together, and then on the other side you had Jimmy and 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 Joel Embiid linked together with J.J. Redick, and he's and he started joking and he said, yeah, do I did I do a good job or do I have your guys' permission or something? He looked at Newbeck and started laughing, and it wasn't like a big deal or anything like that. But I think he's thinking about it. You know, that's always in the back of his head. Um, I just think like in the playoffs, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see more Jimmy Butler handling the ball. You know, Which it's I don't just it's gonna a bad have thing. To be, No, I mean, it's just gonna have to be that way because if you go, you know, beyond, you look at like your your wings that are that give you enough off the bench. I mean, it's gonna be Jay Simmons and and Ennis, you know. So yeah, you gotta get, we, we all know that that's what it's gonna be. So let's let's see it now. Let's start with it. No, I agree. Um, and
0: and again, that that allows you to cut down TJ's minutes and get some of your switchable wings yeah. in and. Yes. Ultimately, I think yeah. that's that's the the balance that Brett's going to have to strike, TJ, and, and he's got he has enough TJ time to come horrible. up with that rotation. Yeah, he wasn't. I yeah. mean, again, like this is where the the numbers. It's tough when he's paired with JJ and
1: him are on the floor at the same time. I think that's what people are griping about, you know, because it's it's one thing to try to hide one guy in there, but you can't hide two of them, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, for the people who I guess are are so beholden to plus minus, you know, I think it was surprising, especially the way that Boston clearly schemed. To uh, to go at Reddick, he still finished with the best plus minus on the team at, at plus eight. TJ but, in the game was uh, a minus four. uh Worse plus mi- the worst plus minus of the night was Tobias Harris at minus twelve, and uh Corkmaz was second with minus eight. So I I don't know. I, I look at this and I think that by the time these teams meet again in the pl- in the uh, playoffs, Brett will have a better rotation figured out. I was going to say, and I think a lot of people were thinking the, the Sixers at some point are going to pick up somebody else in the buyout market, but I, I think my, that might be one of the more surprising things to come out of the last few days is Wes Matthews opted not to sign here uh, in favor of going to Indiana. Wayne Ellington chose not to go here. He, he went to Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if
0: that's because these guys think that they're going to get more minutes elsewhere and maybe you know playing the yeah, guess, 12, so. 13 minutes that like a Simmons or a Scott or a um, or an Ennis got to play. Isn't advantageous to them when you can go to Detroit and probably you know step in there play twenty minutes. Indiana needs a replacement for Victor Oladipo. West Matthews isn't that good, but he can go in and probably give you close to twenty minutes. I don't know if that's why these guys did it. I'm a little bit surprised. I figured that the Sixers would be a more attractive team in the buyout market. That said, there's still time. Um, but so, who's going to really become available? You know, it, it
1: remains to be seen. So when you I wanted to kind of take this in a different direction because people, I'm I'm sure at this point, have heard enough about the Celtics and the Sixers and the breakdowns and stuff like that. So I want to talk a little bit about Brett and not even necessarily whether you think he's doing a good job or not or whether you like him as a coach or what he did in the Celtics game. But I want to kind of talk about the notion of like, I think that people get upset because, you know, me or other media members or whoever, like they feel like we don't do enough I guess criticizing of him or we're not critical enough of him or we give him a free pass or something like that and it always kind of like I don't know it always makes me kind of scratch my head a little bit for a couple different reasons number one I don't think that there's like I mean they've got 30s they're 36 and 21 I mean they're doing pretty well (laughs) you know they have one team that they have trouble with and they haven't played well against Toronto um recently either so I think we all know what The issue is I don't, I don't think it's anything that's like new, new to anybody. I don't think it's like an unexplored theme. You know, I think we all write about it and we talk about their struggles and whatnot. But number two, I think my thing is always like, like, what the fuck does it matter? What I, what I think of the coach or what I say about the coach? Like, I think there's this misnomer, this misconception of like media pressure. Like we have to put pressure on the coach or we have to write this or we have to say this or whatever. That doesn't do, that doesn't mean anything. Like, I could sit here and say, I could write, Brett Brown should be fired, blah, 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 on Crossing Broad. And people could say, oh, yeah, somebody finally had the guts to say that Brett Brown should be fired. That doesn't mean shit. Elton Brand's not reading that and saying, oh, guess what? I should fire, you know, wow, you know, i I think I should fire Brett Brown now. You know, Josh because Harris Kevin is not – Kincaid said so. Yeah, because Kevin And that's Kincaid the bottom and, line,
0: because <laughs> Kevin Kincaid said so.
1: <laughs> you know, if Derek Bodner and Rich Hoffman and, like, even if all of us say, well, Brett Brown should be fired, do you think Josh Harris is saying, well, the media thinks that my coach should be gone? No, it doesn't. Well, the fans, well, the hey, fans have a louder – They might have a good point. They might have a point, man. Kevin. Fans have a louder voice always than the media. Like, if you don't like it, you can always – you have more power to turn off the TV or not buy tickets or not buy a fucking Australian meat pie in the, you know, concession stand or whatever. Like, I, I just don't think it that's benefits. exactly what's well, exactly what happened to Flyers.
0: Right. Like that. That's the thing that Anthony Fans and I kept stopped, coming, stopped that coming, that we kept that we kept coming <laughs> yeah. back to in the beginning of the season. When
1: when once dead. again, yeah. the
0: season started with, you know, fire Hackstall. It was like you know that we can we can write it as much as we want. We can say it on a podcast as much as we want. People can do radio hits as much as they want about how he's not the right guy. But ultimately, the reason, or you know, amidst many reasons, that Dave Scott ultimately chose to get rid of uh, Dave Hackstall as the coach was at least partly due to, and, and it was also Ron Hextall, you know, by extension, was they lost so much money in terms of revenue and parking in the merchandising um in the arena in concessions you know that's the way that fans can really make their voices heard you know yeah. you you don't see flyers fans or sixers fans staging walkouts like you would see supporter sections do in europe right in in soccer matches um you don't see them just fully you know uh, vacate entire sections out of protest but if if ultimately you're causing ownership to lose that revenue money, that's huge, and yeah. and that sends a better message than, than anything that, that than, I a, say. than anything a journalist the, can write. Here's
1: the thing: like I don't, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole when I say this, but the truth is like I don't need my readers, I don't need the approval of my readers by writing a fire Brett Brown column, right? Okay, so what what I need. And what benefits all of us more is to ha- is for me to have a good relationship with Brett Brown, so that when it comes time to ask hard questions, if they're down two two nothing to Boston in the playoffs again, that Brett Brown says, "You know what, Kevin has been fair to me over the last two years. He asks decent questions. You know, he hasn't, you know, done anything that's been." unfair or douchey or anything like that and then maybe when the time comes to ask those questions I get a better respectful answer out of him you know Um, that serves me and it serves you the fan by extension better than me just coming flying off the handle and doing a hot take you know he should be fired column that doesn't that doesn't get anybody anywhere you know because number one nothing's ever going to happen and then number two he's going to know that I don't like him anyway so then yeah. all I've done is just ru- ruin my relationship with the head coach to where I'm not going to get a good g- answer out of him moving forward. So, you know what I mean? I Like, that's the way I look at it. It's not that I'm, it's not that people in the media, it's not that we, the media, are like afraid to ask these questions or be critical of somebody, or even that we love, even if, even if you love the coach, like it benefits you more to just have a decent relationship with him so that you can preserve the asking and answering of questions scenario to the point where it's not frayed, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. We started seeing that. I mean, I you know I don't want to keep bringing this back to like oh Sixers flyers, Sixers flyers, but you know that was one thing that we started seeing with Haxall at the end is like Anthony and I would try to ask questions that would elicit some kind of a, a positive response from him, and then eventually you know we had him signed up to do the show and then he got fired. Well, that's but like what you I'm could saying. you could start it's to see given, the demeanor t- change because there are some people t- who because yeah. there were there were people who would constantly you know it was almost like piling onto a guy who knew that that the the leash had gotten really short. And it was almost as as if some people had smelled blood in the water, and, and they just wanted to go all in so that they could say to their readers, look how hard I've been on Dave Haxtell, right? I know. But, like, ultimately, they, like, they weren't going to get anything out of it,
1: you know? It's, it's, and, it's and, not and, how, and then he got fired, not, and what happened? It's not how you know? hard you've been. It's how, how fair you've been. And fair doesn't mean that you're lenient. I mean, fair means that, like you ask a tough question when you have to, but you also give credit where it's due, you know? And like coaches yep. and players really pay attention to that kind of shit, you know? They really do. I mean... No, they, they do. It, I was talking to uh, a
0: writer from another site today and uh, he mentioned the fact that there was a, a player who recently, uh, not a sixer, mm-hmm. uh, a player who recently went up to him after a game uh, and said, thanks for the tweet and it was about a play that the guy had made yeah. in the second period of a game yeah. and i guess he had like temporarily unblocked the uh, the writer for a moment to give him a little bit of props <laughs> and then <laughs> like gave him unblocked. a fist bump and then i i don't know if yeah. he've reblocked him or not but like you know it, it's it's important to note that like players they coaches front stuff. office they people all they all it. one have ghost uh, they, they all have burner accounts and they're all cognizant of what's going yeah, on on social media. And they, they, and they do it. But and it's fine. Don't, like, whatever. They say, they're human.
1: Even if they say they don't, like, read anything or whatever. First of all, 99% of the times when somebody says, I don't read anything, that means they absolutely read everything. But even yep. if they say that and they don't, they're being prepped on topics and, you know, themes and certain things that are going on by the PR staff. You know, the PR staff is going up to them saying, hey, you're probably going to be asked about... They're saying to Ben Simmons, you're probably going to be asked about this Magic Johnson bullshit that ended up being bullshit, you know. So here's what you need to know. Like, those things come – it's not like – you can't live in a bubble even if you want to, you know, because you're going to no. be asked these questions no matter what. But I just think with the Brett Brown thing, it's like don't get any anybody in the media confused. Like, it's not that we're all apologists for Brett Brown, but it, there's really no – there's really low – reward to us coming out and just ripping the guy to shreds because we are more it's it it pays for us to be neutral and fair to him and you the fan are more powerful anyway because you're the one paying for tickets and concessions and parking and all the money making stuff you know we're just a bunch of dudes with credentials we don't really have any power there's what like 25 of us versus how like a million and a half Sixers fans in the yep. <laughs> in the region so you know i think people are underestimating I, i'm flattered but i think people are underestimating how uh you know the reach of sports journalism you know can i just beg really
0: quickly um the people who have been making the same joke all year i like i'm, I'm fed up with this one. Oh, uh sixers lost to the celtics that drops brett brown to owen 21 on the year and then whenever the Sixers win, it's like, oh, the Sixers beat the Lakers, huh? Well, the Sixers advance to uh, thirty six and and well, oh, that's what I'm saying. None of it's, none like, of it's, it's annoying. Fair. Like, it's stupid. The, the and it's Brent. like that's that's become the new forty one thirty three. Oh man, you hate to see it happen to the Patriots. Man, the, the, oh, the, you it's, hate it's unfair. Say, it's up. stupid
1: on both sides because the Brett Brown, like like Phil, is a Brett Brown hater, and Phil the Sixers will go on a four game winning streak, and you won't hear a peep out of him on Slack. And then they come out and they play like shit, and he's all over the chat last night talking about Brett Brown, you know. But on the same side, the Brett Brown people who are infatuated with him, they only talk about him when he wins, and then they go out and lose a bad game, and there's and there's not a peep to be heard from them, you know. it's just too fractured this like there's not enough just like everything's a fucking hot take these days everybody has to have an opinion and you know it's like i know that being you know you know measured takes don't really sell as much as the art of the take you know but it's you know you all you get is two people on opposite ends of the spectrum and it's just a big charade so welcome this is america yeah i know right
0: uh, before we go on, we should thank our uh, our sponsor for the show. And of course, that's Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists Association Cardiology at Lankanaw. Doctors Jason Bradley and Jeffrey Wooler, are conveniently located at 6 Lancaster Avenue in Wynwood within walking distance from Lankanaw Hospital, where they are on staff. They've both been recognized as top docs in cardiovascular disease by Mainline Today Magazine. They specialize in preventative cardiology, cardiovascular imaging, preoperative cardiac clearance, sports cardiology, and general cardiovascular care. Appointments are often available within 48 hours. They have a full on-site cardiovascular imaging suite where they perform cardiac and vascular ultrasound, stress testing, Holter monitoring, and much, much more. And the best part, Kevin, is parking is... It's free. It's free. That's crazy! if you have any cardiac symptoms or concerns or you just want to make sure your heart is healthy and stays that way call them today at 484-380-2808 again that's 484-380-2808 and as we say all the time if you have an apple watch or you have something else that you can check your heartbeat if you get a little ping that says hey a regular heartbeat or something that's concerning about your heart go get the old ticker checked out by uh you know dr jason bradley or dr jeffrey wool down there at uh at Lankanaw Hospital and and go see them. It's always better to get it checked out than to wait until it's too late. So uh, a big thank you again to Bryn Mawr Medical Specialist Association Cardiology at Lankanaw.
1: So I want to talk about this um, story. uh, (laughs) The Associated Press, um, I guess, has been like experimenting with like artificial intelligence to write some of their stories. You know, it's like in the journalism business like so many jobs have been lost because of automation you know like you don't need camera operators anymore because you just have a robotic camera right like you you, the guy used to have to sit there and point the camera and move it and now you just there's a director who sits in the in the control room and they just move the cameras with a joystick it's crazy and they just like sort of move on their own like little um, what are the things called that vacuum on their own without vacuuming without you having to vacuum Roombas is that what they're called? Roombas? Yeah. Uh, Russ is muted anyway. He's not even fucking listening to me. But so like, you know, they've replaced all these jobs or whatever. And, every, and the running joke is like, oh, we're all going to be replaced by robots anyway. So the Associated Press uh, is actually automating all previews for NCAA Division I men's basketball games following successful tests. Of the technology for Major League Baseball-affiliated minor league baseball games. This is from a story. This is a story from Sport Techie. Uh, the news platform is deploying natural language generation from automated insights to automatically turn data from stats into narratives, eventually without human input. And while the AP has typically provided previews for all NCAA tournament games, this marks the first time it will offer previews for over 5,000 regular season games. Automated stories previewing the matchups begin appearing on The Wire the week of February 11th. The AP has been experimenting with artificial intelligence. For its news coverage since 2012, in 2016, it deployed automated insights technology to expand its coverage of minor league baseball via automated recap stories on games not previously covered by the news organization using MLB data. So basically, we're all going to be replaced by robots at some point. Imagine that, you're reading a recap and it's you're, you're reading a preview of a game and it's just a computer looking at a bunch of numbers and shit and and writing out stories for you, you know? It's like, Iona averages 25 points a game, therefore this is going to happen, you know? But everybody knows what's going to happen, you know? It's just going to be the, the writing robots are going to have a mind of their own they're going to you know break free of their their bonds, you know, you're not going to be able to override them. They're just going to go crazy writing writing about anything. And they're going to just start writing about whatever the hell they want to write about. It's going to be we're going to lose control of the robots. They're going to start writing their own previews and recaps of Eagles and Sixers games. You know, we're going to get the same stuff that we hear from everybody else is the the robotic writers are going to talk about the Eagles running the ball more should Brett Brown be fired Josh Adams didn't get enough carries you know and they're just going to repeat that over and over then they're going to short circuit and explode so so I'm just kind of riding the riding the wave here and trying to think Russ and I are trying to hang on as long as we can before Kyle just replaces us with uh Automated, automated technology automated robots yeah you know it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be like it's just gonna you're just gonna have ap copy like going crazy and we're not gonna be able to stop it's gonna be like should the eagles run the ball more should the eagles fire Doug peterson should should the eagles fight and then it's just gonna blow up into a like shrap- the eagles have thing. won the game 27 to 16 <laughs> it was
0: a great game Wouldn't it be great if, if in order for you to access the content, you had to sit through the awful automated voice? Like, imagine going to philly.com and it's like, be be fired. (laughs) Is Brett Brown really Pete (laughs) Makakinen? Six, uh, open parentheses, six one zero, six three two, zero. Nine, seven, we were five, driving, close parentheses. We
1: drove up to, like, Perkesee to see my brother-in-law last week. and uh, What a place. I know, right? And, uh, Who would live I there? I ran into Kyle, actually, randomly. It was the most Whoa! random thing here. But um, there was a road. The name of the road was Mininger Road or Min- okay. Mininger Road or something like that. And Siri pronounced it, like, really, really, really wrong. Like Menninger? No, like ra- like uh, racial slur wrong. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Oh no! Yeah, it was
1: bad. I felt like I needed to like, write an email to
0: Siri. what are you doing? Google or whoever does or whoever breaking does that news. Siri was photographed in a South Carolina yearbook in 1984
1: with. <laughs> Is Nick Foles worth a, racist. Worth no? a third round draft, draft pick?
0: Pick, if Joe <laughs> Flacco was worth a fourth round pick from. John Han, <laughs> <L>. Way. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's good. You do will, a better robot than I do. Will I mean, Nick good. Foles be worth the pick <sighs> that the Eagles want to trade him for? Man. Trading a draft pick is important, yeah. and it could. Yeah.
1: So listen, that that thing—that's uh, a good segue out of us. The Nick Foles thing. Like, if Flacco gets traded to the Broncos for a fourth rounder. Like I know that the market is set on Nick Foles already because if he wa- if he walks, you get the compensatory uh, third rounder, right? But that that yep. doesn't happen until next year. Yeah, until so 2020. yeah, so if you wanted to, a lot of people seem to think that it's this year. Yeah, no, because everybody's saying. Because I had people saying like, "Well, what the fuck does it matter if they uh, what Joe Flacco? Blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Well, if he." If he if you tag him and then trade him, like if the Jaguars want him now, you tag him and trade him and you get like a third round or this, this year, you know, and you do yeah. it now. So yes, that the market is set, but also the market shifts from, from year to year as well. I mean, it's not like everybody's saying there's like a non-story. I'm like, it's not a non-story. Like, yes, the value is set, but you're talking about two different year, two different years here. So that was the, it was a something burger, you know, as a, what no, I was more
0: interested burger. in was uh, the golden Tate tweet. I forget who the player was that signed. It was a linebacker uh, who signed an extension, and Golden Tate kind of did a passive thing where it's like, "Oh, you can sign extensions now." And there, there, like, uh, you want to talk about yeah, how, right. how some people go one way or the other? Yeah. There was, there was a uh, uh, one site that I saw that said, "Oh, is Golden Tate hinting that he signed an, that he has an extension pending?" And then there was another one that was like Golden Tate throws shade at the Eagles for not signing into an extension. It's like yeah. this is where like things being up to interpretation. Like you got two vastly different stories. Yeah. Out of one passive
1: tweet. No, so I, I mean, yeah, everybody wants to overreact to that shit. Yeah, does anybody touching. want Golden Tate to come back next year? Six one zero. The Golden Tate Warriors. Um, how about the Fusion? <laughs> the Fusion, man. The Fusion are coming back tomorrow night. Are you pumped for that? Are they? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, you got Good Carpe coming back. You have um, who else is on the team? Carpe is like the damage guy. He's like the sniper guy. You have. Uh, hot hot Ba, i think he's one of them he's like a tank or something like that anyway they got a s- 700 people signed up to come watch him at xfinity live on valentine's day there's gonna be a good for that. There's gonna be a cosplay too russ if you could do a cosplay and dress up as any video game person ever who would your who would your costume be i wish i would have known this ahead of time um Hmm. I would go as odd job, I think, from Goldeneye. From Goldeneye, would 007. I go? Would I go as Shepard from uh, from the Mass Effect trilogy? Maybe. Oh, a little Jim Shepard action there. Yeah.
0: What? Not Jim.
1: What? Uh, that's what his name was, what? wasn't it? It wasn't Jim. Yeah, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Know, what was his first you could, name?
0: You could no, you could you could make the guy's name whatever you wanted, but Shepard was. But his he last had a name. first name. That's why the Krogan would walk up to Shepard.
1: <laughs> anyway. God, I can't believe I know what you're talking about. That's sad. Those are great Mass games. Mass Effect was Mass good. Effect Except the third, yeah. the third ending was awful,
0: awful, awful, awful. Mm. It was the only time that I can remember in video game history where people were so upset that Bioware had to go back in and create alternate endings to the three endings that they had created, yeah. where it like had to give some kind of closure, and everybody still hated those just as much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I'd be Shepard. I don't know. Yeah. Sonic, you can't go wrong. Sonic the Hedgehog is well, is really. You know, you know. I'll, I will go to the grave saying that Sonic was was a better game on Sega Genesis than Mar- than uh, Super Mario was on the NES. Yeah. Granted, Mario has more staying power. I played Mario Party uh, hmm. on the snow day. That was nice. But, uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, I would. Um, I would I'm know, I would. i not saying that be Sonic to... is better now. These, these millennials, man, they just they should be glad that esports wasn't a thing back in like 1997, man, because I would have I would have went straight to the top. I would have been ninja before he was ninja, you know. <laughs> they called me A- abpn always be poning
0: noobs yeah i don't really get yeah, fortnite anyway.
1: i'm not really i don't really get overwatch Fortnite's, i think they're both kind of games but
0: overwatch is so confusing i tried watching and i'm like this well, doesn't. Well,
1: we were I, all I, watching I remember like we were all watching if, if halo watching 2 we were watching the uh overwatch finals last year where yeah. the where the philly fusion were playing the london uh the Not spitfires fusion. or spitfire yeah. or whatever the hell they're called yeah, i they couldn't are. even tell what the hell was going on it was moving, moving so quick but can you imagine watched, if like twitch was around when you. when halo 2 was out like imagine yeah.
0: finding halo 2 tournaments on a on dude SBN2. i don't get it
1: because like when we when we, we used to i was in the i was in like national honor society in high school and we had this little closet where they let us like where Loser. we were supposed to like tutor well, I'm so smart. That's how I ended up writing for Crossing Broad. So smart. Believe me. So,
0: it's not really that hard to be smart in Boyertown, in, in fairness. <laughs> right, there was sorry. 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 We have a lot of fans in Boyertown. Yeah. We don't want to upset uh, right, them. Right. Because
1: Google County is like, uh, you know, Boyertown looks like uh, we can New York County. compared we can... to like... Uh, Schuylkill County. Anyway, um, uh, no, but I don't. We we would we had in the NHS room. We were supposed to tutor kids. We never tutored anybody, but we had a Nintendo sixty four and a PlayStation set up there. And like really? I never liked. Like I was annoyed sitting there watching another dude play Mario Kart. You know, I was like waiting for my turn. So I couldn't. I don't. I can't sit there and watch some other dude. Play, you know, Twitch stream Fortnite on Twitch. Like, I'd rather be fucking just playing Fortnite myself. You know, yourself. But you know, then some, then the the esports people come back and they're like, "Well, you know, people watch cars drive around in a circle." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not a NASCAR fan, so I think that's kind of stupid." But I don't know. I mean, people, people get entertainment, find enjoyment in watching a lot of different things. But if it comes to something that I, I myself can do i would rather do that like i can go play basketball sure but i can't i'm not seven foot two and i can't you know drop step and dunk so that's why i watch, you know the nba but i yeah. like i feel like if i put enough time into it i could like i don't know snipe a dude from whatever the you know however the fuck far out or whatever i don't know the esports thing's interesting to me i'm not like i've i've was a video gamer for like my entire life so i'm not gonna poo poo the Same. idea straight up but like i don't as a commercial viable thing like i don't I don't know if Philly is really that kind of town or not. I'd be interested in hearing from people, if any of, if any of our listeners are like esports kind of people, or if you like video games, but if you would sit there, esports and, are the future. sit there and watch it. Well, I know he thinks that, but I don't know if anybody else does. So. You know what the thing is?
0: It's it's all
1: because of the passive culture. Like if, if you
0: watch the videos that, that little kids watch, it's always somebody opening up a toy, right? Like the kids don't necessarily want the toy. Uh-huh. They want to watch videos of other kids opening toys. Like there there are people on youtube right now that have millions of followers and all they do is like unbox stuff yeah like they unbox right? shoes and, and and like,
1: or they listen to a and song that, and that to
0: me time. is like so crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. right like music i can get right. but like the the because music can be an active experience there's yeah, no active yeah, yeah, yeah. experience in in you know unboxing oh what's in uh, the box like, yeah, there you go thanks thanks for the uh, sound drop that's great um was, uh, uh, i don't know Paltrow's i think head. i think that's what it is yeah. so uh, anyway, what I'm trying to think, what else let's did we a want to hit? Questions, there
1: was, man. We got some questions on here. Do yeah. we?
0: Let's uh, let's let's yeah, check.
1: Scotty Max says, "Where has Kyle been on the pod?" Who? <laughs> that was your response to the thing. Yeah, uh, Kyle Who? no longer does the podcast. He's on to much more important things. Uh, David Who? Meyer says, "How would you describe each of the team's social media bubbles as Philly neighborhoods?" Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Flyers are definitely like mayfair oh no the phillies well the phillies got to be northeast because everybody in the northeast loves the phillies they all got like phillies calf tattoos anyway yeah uh could we say the sixers are fishtown no because we're not that hipster why does everybody think that fishtown's really hipster because fishtown there haven't been hipsters here for evil years. geniuses they there what are you talking to, about no, that's like that's where are the Kensington. hipsters at that's like kentington where are the side. hipsters at? they're not in my part of fishtown where are the, where are the They're up like up west of Frankfurt Avenue, like along the uh, like the L, the quarter where the L is. like All right, so that's Kensington where that's that's, that's the Sixers Richmond neighborhood. Stuff,
0: yeah. Uh, Eagles could really be any neighborhood. I don't have a good view on a lot of Eagles fans, so you can pick whichever one you want. I don't South really Valley care. Yeah. Um, the Union.
1: Where did the Union fit? Northern uh. <laughs> Northern <laughs> Liberties, I guess. Well, everybody used to watch the games at the 700 there. 700 was a big uh, soccer bar, and it was like a hipster dance party on Saturday nights, weekend nights. I remember I was drunk as shit one time. We went up there to the hipster dance party, and the DJ was playing, like, ODB. And then I got in in a (laughs) cab with somebody and ended up in Fairmount and ended up, like, walking 15 blocks back or something.
0: I think this summer we might have to revisit the old question of uh, the Philly Sports Beach House. I think that needs to come back at some. The point. Philly Sports Beach uh, House. Yeah, this was a thing that uh, Kyle, Adam, and I did uh, once, and uh, and somebody compared mine to was it Brigantine? I don't know if it was Brigantine. I forget now, but whatever. Uh, no, it was Marl Mar, Mar-, Mar-, Mar- Margate? Margate. Was it Margate? You're yeah, gonna say I Marlton? Yeah, I, I, Marlboro. See, when somebody says like compare the the neighborhoods, I don't know the first thing about the neighborhoods. Yeah. I guess I should. But if, uh, um,
1: if if every Philly sport was a Schuylkill County town what would they be? Are there any towns um, in Cuckoo County besides uh Pottsville? Well Pottsville was was
0: once the metropolitan uh, it, it was kind of like Winterfell really. Um uh, <laughs> let's go Thronesy here. <laughs> uh here I'm gonna make I'm gonna make uh, <laughs> some Game of Thrones yeah, right. references now. Uh so Pottsville was like Winterfell. What's up there's like
1: Hamburg uh, up there is is that
0: Hamburg Hamburg oh, is Brooks uh County. Yeah. yeah i mean they're they're right on the border out
1: there do you have like uh like Haven? is that a town schugelhaven's up there schugelhaven. orgsburg
0: is there schugelhaven uh, orgsburg is yeah. the that's but, the uh that's the blue mountain school okay. district there's uh blue mountain, you yeah. got pine grove you got pine grove pine um you've got Shenandoah. you got Shimokin. yeah uh, I don't think Shimogun's part of Skook. It doesn't matter. Don't you matter. have like new uh,
1: Philadelphia up there somewhere? Oh, there's, oh,
0: new Philly. Yeah, new Philly. Yeah. You have, uh, you go through Port Carbon, Man. not St. Clair. St. Clair's the other way. You got Palo Alto. Man. You got Port Carbon. Man. You go through, uh, you got Casca, which seriously, you blink. There's yeah. like six houses and, uh, and you got new Philadelphia. By the way, Russ, yeah. I have to. Nothing like Philadelphia have to at all. I
1: admit that I was totally wrong last week when I was talking about sheets in Berks County. um
0: uh-huh.
1: I, I don't remember them being there, though. Like, I mean, I haven't lived in, Bur- I haven't been, you know, I got out of Boyertown in 2003. So that would be, what, 16 years ago now? Like, so was the yeah. Sheets in Birdsboro there in 2002? Like, I don't remember if it was. But anyway, I was wrong I and you were right. So. Well, thanks, man.
0: That's really nice of you yeah, to, to say that. I don't that. really
1: have much, uh, much else to talk about beyond that
0: i was looking at i was just trying to find out when it was uh when it was established you know what I, i'm gonna i'm gonna look i'm gonna see if i can find that for the next episode when that uh the birdsboro sheets was built okay. um there was there was i think only one other thing that i wanted My to get to really the quickly
1: mall, man those are our stomping grounds woof yeah. woof um
0: really quick on the flyers i mentioned at the top of the show that uh anthony and i are going to have uh, flyers coach scott gordon on a uh, snow the goalie on friday it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, Friday there's also availability for, um, it's going to be with Flyers players and Eagles players, so we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with Crossing Broad there. Um, Craig, the video guy, he's going to be with us, uh, I think, that whole day, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going up on social and on the um, on the site, and um, Stadium Series update as of today. Uh, we were down there this afternoon. The uh, The whole base looks like it's built. the The base for the rink is in place. Uh, The executive vice president of the NHL was there, uh, Dean, and uh, he was kind of going over, I guess, like the normal um, time frame of of when things go and talking about the weather conditions and how that can affect the ice and all that. And I asked him about wind because I was like, you know, you got to think that from stadium to stadium between baseball stadiums, football stadiums and everything. I'm like, the link is really windy. Does that affect anything? He's like, yeah, the glass. Because you don't want to have the glass or the boards get affected negatively by the wind. So he's like there are mm. there is a decent chance that if there's gonna be a lot of strong gusty winds leading up to the game, they'll take the glass back down just so that it doesn't get screwed with. Mm. But um that was that was one thing I thought okay. that was kind of interesting. I kinda like the stadium
1: um, series jerseys. I think I was the only one. Seriously? Well, dude, you know I'm like colorblind, so I can't like I just like things that are like bold and clash so okay. I can actually see what the hell I'm looking at. So I guess that's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so I, I think that's it. Uh, Flyers an and hour, Penguins. Man, that terrific, The stadium yeah. stadium series uh, game is on uh, Saturday, February 23rd, so we'll be All there. Right, I'm starving, man. I'm going to peace yeah. out. So, Thanks, uh, everybody. Well, do you, he doesn't even stay with me to the end. It's really hard. man, I'm hungry. Uh, go, go check out Kevin on uh, It's Always Soccer in Oh, Philadelphia. yeah, I did a new one. Matt, Thank you. Yeah, yeah he, uh, episode 70. He had Matt Doyle on. Where's Matt Doyle from? What's his job? Uh,
1: com. He's their uh, armchair analyst. He does a lot of the tactical stuff for their site, so we had a good discussion on that
0: he was on and like i mentioned off the top um crossed up dropped a new episode anthony and bob they did a whole thing about uh, the gt real mudo signing and uh they were actually a little bit more positive about it than i expected them to be but that's fine um and uh i think phil and i are going to do a new crossing broad fc champions league went off today um And I have to catch up on on those results. So that might be going out later this week. We did this episode. Snow the Goalie came out on Monday. And like I said, we're going to be doing another one at the end of the week. So go check out those shows. There are links to all of those shows in the description of this episode, as there are links to both uh, Kevin and my Twitter. All you have to do is click on it. It'll uh, redirect you to Twitter and you can follow us there. Keep the conversation going. and We'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. So uh, Sixers look like they're uh, rebounding nicely from the Celtics game. And uh, the Flyers came back and won a game against Minnesota after dropping a really important one to Pittsburgh on uh, Monday night. So we will see what happens going forward uh, the rest of this week. We might be back at the end of the week. If not, we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for checking in, as always, and uh, go check this stuff out on the site. Have a good one.